0: chapter 2 of vassar studies this LibriVox recording is in the public domain vassar studies by julia augusta schwartz chapter 2 the history of an ambition her first week at college had been a series of humiliations to lois exeter on her arrival late friday evening after her long trip across the continent while with a firm grasp of bag and umbrella she waited at the door of the lady principal's office gazing up and down the vista of dimly lighted corridor she spied two girls appearing from the distance as they approached her keen hearing caught there is another poor freshman she was still pondering in some amaze the idea that she now belonged to a class open to condescension when from the door beside her two women emerged in a cheerful flutter of good-night words one held out both hands cordially this is miss exeter is it not isn't she a brave girl to come all the way from california alone the other beamed i received a very nice letter from miss exeter last summer somehow i did not expect to see such a little thing as lois sank to sleep that night she was sensible of confused impressions that although home was depressingly far away the people here were charmingly friendly that she was extremely tired and the bed was delightfully soft that the college was unexpectedly large and that she was remarkably small the following day lois felt a realization of her own insignificance burning slowly into consciousness during the endless waiting in line and the business-like interviews with officials she experienced an obliteration of personal background in being transformed from an individual into a member of an institution nobody seemed to know or care that at home she moved in the best society that her father was the wealthiest man in town and that she herself had graduated at the head of her high school class when she entered the tiny tower room which had fallen to her in the democratic allotment she sat down in the hard rocking chair and frowned severely for at least ten minutes as she recalled her white and gold room at home the deference of her old schoolmates and the pleasant flattery of her former teachers by the end of the second week lois's self-esteem in which she was by no means lacking had been pricked into a painfully sensitive condition when the students made up their groups for the dining-room as no one had given her any special invitation she found herself assigned to a table of miscellaneous freshmen who presumably had been too shy or too indifferent or too unattractive to find comrades readily among strangers she had been repeatedly snubbed by upperclassmen, not intentionally but carelessly during the busy opening days new faces unless striking slip easily from memory and lois in spite of her small and fair prettiness was not physically remarkable among five hundred comely girls she had committed a number of mortifying blunders and suffered pangs out of all proportion as freshmen sometimes do even in the classroom she failed to achieve distinction instead of that she quickly joined the majority in the frequency of confessing i don't know what stung her most sharply however had been an incident occurring one afternoon when she was sauntering through the pines impatiently counting the minutes of the hour's exercise of two seniors passing together one had paused to speak to her in kindly fashion lois's heart bounded she was beginning to be known as she was stepping on more lightly through the mingled shadow and sunshine of the path strewn with brown pine needles she heard wafted toward her on the breeze Do you know that little thing oh no but i have met so many freshmen that my head is a jumble of names and faces i have made a rule to bow to every new girl who glances at me out of the corner of her eye and this one looks so small and lonely ever since the days when she used to shake her flaxen curls vigorously in answer to sympathetic does baby feel bad lois had shrunk from pity now writhing under the compassionate note in the patronizing speech she felt strengthening within her the desire for preeminence, to take her place above others to be admired praised and sought to be acknowledged excellent the best at home and at school she had always been easily first and now to be pitied she threw back her shoulders and shut her teeth hard and lois had a resolute chin one evening in october her vague longing for fame the ambition to do or to be something to win distinction received a crystallizing touch having slipped into chapel early she was watching the girls come streaming through the wide doors and up the aisles those who passed on to the choir seats at the right and left of the great organ lois found with a gaze half grudging their conspicuousness when the president rose to lead the exercises she listened with stifled envy at the thought that everybody bowed to him and knew his name during the singing of the hymn She heard two girls beside her, whispering together, "'There! Do you see that tall, dark-haired girl in white, third row down?' "'Yes. She is the president of the Students' Association. Greatest honor in the college course. Elected by popular vote, you know. It takes an all-round fine girl. Perhaps I can arrange to have you meet her. She is the most admired girl in college.' when lois raised her head after the prayer her eyes shining with a new idea lingered long upon the tall young woman in white as the students filed out two by two in an orderly array it may be reasonable to conjecture that miss lois exeter being a remarkably clear-sighted young person took stock that very evening of her prospects for securing the coveted honor in the first place and of the weightiest significance in her case was the determination to succeed her will was unusually strong her energies were concentrated however subtly upon one purpose in the second place she possessed the ability to fill a public office such as that in view an intellect above the average a certain maturity of judgment and dignity of manner were reinforced by command of language and tact circumspect rather than intuitive in the third place lois had her full womanly share of political talent Among the students, generally, there was an unworldly attitude with respect to competitive rewards. There was a tacit feeling that some unbecomingness lay in striving for self-aggrandizement. Comparatively few entered the lists in competitions, athletic or literary. In scholarship, the prizes were openly contemned as noxious to the spirit of true learning. In such a campaign as Lois now began, she had the advantage of consciously aiming for the mark few of her mates looked so far ahead as their senior year few had the requisite self-esteem to recognize themselves as possible candidates almost all considered the honor in the light of a spontaneous acknowledgment of excellence lois's method during the first two years was to make herself known to impress with her ability and most important of all to win popularity in this she succeeded though not without sacrifices of time inclinations and minor ambitions a policy of universal sociability forbade the formation of special friendships lois gave up many an opportunity of companionship with those congenial to her for the sake of extending her circle of acquaintances throughout the mass of more ordinary students after once forming a connection with anyone, she never permitted a sensation of amicable relations she made it a point to appear always sympathetic helpful and eager to confer favors a state of mind which met enthusiastic appreciation from those who felt the isolation of that necessarily self-absorbed life the cultivation of popularity furthermore interfered with thoroughness in class work to accomplish well each day's allotted task demanded the student's best energies it was impossible for lois to do justice to every interest which she had assumed in order to prove her ability and public spirit she belonged to a number of societies athletic dramatic literary social and charitable she never declined to serve on committees she earnestly sought every available office no matter how obscure the honor or burdensome the duties in countless ways her time leaked away her room became a rendezvous for the socially inclined half hours slipped away in fraternal loitering through the corridors and in neighborly chats prolonging business errands entire evenings vanished during inopportune visits from the conscienceless idlers Even her precious minutes, sacred to concentrated study in the library, were often stolen from her by the whispered consultations of inquiring friends. In the spring of her freshman year, Lois found herself face to face with the necessity of making a far-reaching decision. It appeared to her that as she was neither phenomenally brilliant nor strikingly attractive, she must choose between alternate, not certainties, but possibilities." her hopes of being elected president of the students association were built upon popularity rather than obvious superiority that popularity not easily won as in some cases could be fostered only through the expenditure of time and energy to employ her forces in that way might shut her off from another ambition to excel in scholarship throughout the college course on a certain evening in march she was hovering on the outskirts of the senior corridor near enough to see the class clustering within the parlor at the end of the vista some one perched on the piano stool was reading the just issued official list of those seniors who had achieved distinction in their college work lois heard the shouting clapping and nervous laughter which greeted each name she saw the ecstatic congratulations with which the girls fell upon the honored students sympathetically she scanned the subdued radiant face in the center of each rejoicing group and almost envyingly she noted the generous exultation of those who remained undistinguished then walking rapidly to her own room resolutely she scribbled engaged on the back of an envelope and pinned it on the outside of her door relaxing comfortably into an easy chair freed from harassing expectations of knocks, she proceeded to bend her mind upon a long piece of work in mathematics soon footsteps in the hall roused peaceful memories of the engaged sign she must have these two hours secure from interruption after a restless pattering the intrusive footsteps withdrew for a few minutes only to return more decided a voice floated over the transom lois oh lois won't you please help me with this latin it can't take more than two seconds though the come sounded the least bit short lois had a smile ready when someone was wafted in with a flutter of curly hair and rose silk wrapper the two seconds had lengthened to fifteen minutes before the caller had finished rattling on about the delights of her recent trip to new york when at last alone lois turned again to her problem first closing the transom as sounds of revelry from the next room were growing more penetrating at the end of half an hour somebody was dancing a double shuffle against her door another voice came through the keyhole lois lois we've brought you fudges and molasses candy a moment's irritation gave way to a soothing consciousness that this was one of the penalties of popularity opening her door in time to catch a glimpse of a girl disappearing into the neighboring alleyway lois was bending to pick up the candies when someone else with black hair wildly loose fell down the stairs and dashed upon her oh lois i'm going crazy those people under my room are having a party and the noise all comes up the register i can't translate a single line won't you speak to them you are on the self-government committee lois hesitated imperceptibly though as a member of that most important committee of the students association her duty concerned to this point she dreaded the antagonizing tendency of a reproof smothering inclination however for lois was a girl of principle she promised relief The odor of boiling chocolate and molasses was permeating the corridor when Lois tapped on her neighbor's door. The room seemed full of girls and laughter. One was playing a banjo, and another was trying a tune on a comb, while the rest appeared to be all chattering at once. Lois was greeted with a chorus of welcome. As she found a seat among half a dozen girls on the divan, I heard your fun, she began accenting the verb. Squelched, groaned the hostess flourishing a big spoon. Hurry and give her something to eat. Lois helped herself calmly. Ladies, as a representative of self-government, I must protest against this disturbance of the vicinity. It is not etiquette to give parties on Monday night. Squelch on, muttered the wielder of the sticky spoon, while several others broke out. Nobody is studying tonight. We are all celebrating senior honors. Talk to the seniors about howling. Lois pretended to reflect. You also may have the right to howl when you find your name on the honor list. I don't think that is a very great honor, responded one. Some of the brightest seniors aren't on it. It is a distinction for digs, put in another. Well, Lois felt her way cautiously, it requires ability and industry, and a system of judicious reviewing and a well-worn engaged sign. A serious-faced girl beside Lois bent forward earnestly. You see, in a way, the idea of graduating with honors tempts a student to work for marks, and that is unscholarly. Oh, nobody works for marks here, exclaimed another, and we never know what they are anyway unless— Oh, ho, unless the information is accompanied by a polite suggestion concerning the rates for tutoring. Lois spoke at any rate the nature of college life is primarily intellectual and the honor students are those who have excelled in that sphere it is fair to suppose that they possess ability above the average oh i don't think so burst out several and another added it isn't such a great honor to be one among sixteen or more the night seemed long to lois she could not bring herself to resign either possibility a strain of new england ancestry combined with her woman's consciousness where higher education is concerned forbade her to slight her work to any glaring degree even while her stronger desires led her to place first the honor carrying with it the greater preeminence, although her knowledge from observation and her common sense told her that for her to strive for both rewards might rob her of vitality for future years she was unable to surrender endeavor she knew that she could cultivate a knack of making brilliant recitations upon superficial preparation she let slip the standard of thoroughness it is an interesting fact significant of attitude that after that evening visitors rarely found an engaged sign guarding her solitude the progress which lois had made toward her goal was fully indicated during the course of a discussion among a group of her classmates one sunday morning in may of her sophomore year half a dozen girls carrying with them the luxury of pillows had strolled out to the clover scope behind the chemical laboratory under the shade of a parasol one of them was reading aloud while the others half hidden in the sweet scented depths of red and white clovers were lazily watching soft fleecy clouds float above sunset hill now and then a bobolink rose from near the ground pouring forth a bubbling stream of music as he winged his joyous way to another bending twig sometimes a butterfly flitted by or a little breeze wandering over the blossoming field brought whiffs of summer fragrance when the story had come to an end one of the listeners sat up showing fair cheeks flushed pink and blue eyes drowsily shining i think that heroine is very much like lois exeter she announced at this a head of short curls rose from the clover why grace lois is not naturally popular everybody likes her another head appeared. She is always doing favors. She helped me all through algebra, and at the table she has hardly time to eat because she is so busy in passing things. It makes me nervous to have anybody so attentive, laughed the second speaker. I'm awfully fond of Lois, but still she makes me drink too much milk by keeping my glass filled constantly. She is as sympathetic as she can be, put in the girl who had been reading. I go to see her whenever I am blue. What does she do? give you nut-cake and salted almonds? Hereupon Grace interrupted. You know that she is generosity itself about everything she has, and she is unselfish and courteous and careful of people's feelings. The curly-haired critic looked wise. The main reason for her popularity is the way she has of flattering people. That is unkind, spoke up the champion with an angry note. A new voice floated up from the green depths. She means that Lois's manner gives the impression that she values your society, appreciates praise from you, and respects your opinions more than those of anyone else. Well, meditating. Perhaps I did mean a courtesy assisted by brains. The only point which I am attempting to make is that, like most of us poor mortals, Lois is not naturally popular. She is obliging and delightful from principle she is really one of the strongest characters in the class but she was not so to speak born popular like our margaret here for instance the question is should i or should i not bow in response came from the invisible speaker before she appeared out of the clover she was a fine-looking girl with earnest eyes and a sincere manner under the parasol the reader fingering the leaves of her book scanned margaret reflectively i certainly think that margaret is more like the heroine than lois is oh come in careless expostulation we talk too much about ourselves in this place lois says that it is as bad as gossip remarked grace lois has brains commented the critic trying to smooth her curls as she studied margaret's unruffled part she is one of the brightest girls in the class added another and everybody likes her persisted the champion exactly assented the critic she has brains as the time drew near in the spring of her junior year when the nominations for the presidency of the students association were to be made lois's brains were keen enough to perceive clearly that notwithstanding her general popularity it occurred to no one that she might be a probable candidate in choosing this officer who was supposed to be as far as possible typical of the student body Who was their deputy in dealing with the faculty and with other colleges who represented them before the world of curious guests on founder's day the girls sought nominees who should combine both physical and mental distinction the fact that lois though pretty in a vivacious way was too immature-looking to be personally impressive to strangers was undoubtedly the reason why she was not mentioned in discussions of the coming campaign however she had not laid the foundation of success at such expense to lose all for lack of a timely suggestion her political genius was called peremptorily into play one day while chatting about the election her champion grace in giving the list of desirable candidates concluded with the remark but most of the girls think that margaret would be the best she is brilliant and well balanced and dignified and fine-looking and everybody admires her do we know whether she has executive power demurred Lois, with two lines deepening between her eyes. "'She has never had anything to say in meetings of the association, and she never served on the self-government committee. We ought to choose someone who has proved her ability and so avoid the risk of untried material.' Grace looked perplexed. "'Everybody thinks that Margaret has a great amount of executive force. "'It may be merely her reserved manner.' suggested lois impatiently remembering her own record of service on various committees of the association we should select candidates from among those students who have been prominent in work such as will be required of the head of self-government grace pondered why lois you have been as prominent as any why i never thought of that before i do believe that you could make a good president only only what oh nothing then after a silence and you are one of the girls who deserve some big honor before we graduate i always said that you should have been on the miscellany board and we all thought it such a shame when you lost the speakership of t and m and the election as class secretary you certainly ought to have something in our senior year before the day was over the name of lois exeter was included in the list of possible candidates for the highest honor in the college course general amazement at first hearing the idea soon merged into a judicial weighing of qualifications and advantages an attitude of mind somewhat surprising to any one acquainted only with normal american politics was revealed in the interpretation of the fact that lois had met with defeat in several recent elections for petty offices as grace had said the opinion seemed to be that she merited a recompense for the disappointment one week before the day set for the election the nominations made by ballot resulted in the choice of Margaret and Lois. Then ensued a long-drawn suspense of seven nervous days. Lois was aware of being the subject of conversation everywhere. She felt herself open to a fire of criticism concerning each event of her life at college. She knew that she was being pointed out to the freshmen whom she had not met, and she could almost hear the comments descriptive of her as she walked down the chapel aisle what she found hardest to endure smilingly was the joke of the girls over her chances it struck her as being in extremely poor taste inasmuch as the humor of the chafing depended wholly upon the outcome of the election a particular incident caused her forced merriment one of her proteges came to her in bewildered simplicity won't you please advise me impartially lois i cannot decide for whom to vote i admire margaret so much and you are such a friend of mine after breakfast on the appointed may saturday a meeting of the students association was called for the election of officers for the following year less than a quorum responded with a selfish lack of interest that boded ill for women's suffrage a goodly number of the outgoing senior class did not attend the juniors were present in full force as party spirit for their rival candidates ran high some of the sophomores could not spare an hour from toiling over history in the library and others consented to come only on condition that they might bring their books to study with characteristic curiosity most of the freshmen were there for the fun of the novelty it was found necessary to send out recruiting officers to drum up a quorum meanwhile margaret and lois remained ostensibly studying in their respective rooms to lois alone behind her closed door the minutes stretched out interminably at first she made a pretense of working over astronomical calculations but soon dropping her pencil began to pace restlessly from desk to window with every sense on the alert to catch any signs of approaching messengers she had reached a stage where long-continued expectation and struggle to achieve a purpose had apparently deadened desire it seemed to her on the surface that she would not care much no matter what the result and yet all the while deep in her heart she shrank in terror from the possible blankness of a certainty she began to reflect dully that no honor was worth the price which she had paid on speculation as it were she thought regretfully of the opportunities for real friendship and scholarly accomplishment which had been sacrificed to frittering pastimes and uninteresting companions then with the well-known superstitious feeling that to expect the worst may ward it off she pretended to herself that Margaret was surely elected. Otherwise, by this time, Grace would have come running to announce the good news. With a sudden throb of fierce jealousy, she wondered why Margaret should have everything—beauty, popularity, success—without an effort. And the girls would pity her. Smitten with a swift, unreasoning desire to escape somewhere out of sight, away from their effusive condolence and maddening petting, she rushed to the door just in time to hear the sound of faraway clapping— and the quick patter of flying footsteps in the corridor, drawing herself up. She tried to smile. Grace dashed upon her. You've got it! You've got it! Lois turned white. Across her mind flashed instinctively, Poor Margaret. And then a glow shone out in her eyes, and she threw back her head and smiled late that night after the chattering girls who had thronged her room all day had at last left her alone with grace she sank down among the pillows on her couch saying if you don't mind grace i think i'll cry as the months of her senior year passed on lois discovered the taste of ashes underneath the sweetness of preeminence when she took the chair as president of the students association in spite of the enthusiastic applause she felt subtly that an atmosphere of antagonistic criticism had gathered about her success. Craving commendation to justify herself in the conspicuous position which she had assumed, she sounded a number of girls afterward with respect to their opinions. All said that she did very well. One envied her, her knowledge, of Robert's rules of order. Another wished for half as much self-possession. A third suggested that she speak a trifle more distinctly. Until she had ceased to care so keenly did any one give her the spontaneous praise for excellence for which she longed time glided on bringing discomfort and disappointment as well as morsels of satisfaction it became the custom for a certain group to oppose whatever measures she advocated in the association she was at odds with several of the executive board she found that she bore the public responsibility for all the irrationalities of the student body many of her pet plans for reform miscarried notwithstanding the fact that every student knew her and the freshmen always looked shyly pleased to receive a bow notwithstanding her official prominence at many a social function notwithstanding the delightful importance attaching to her views she was ill at ease sensible of critical eyes ready to note any defect or error one pleasure for which she had blindly hoped befell her though with diminished glory of demonstration in march when the list of those who had competed the college work with honor was to be made public the senior class in token of disapprobation of the system requested that the announcement might be made privately without jubilation to each of the students concerned traces of repressed satisfaction over the unusual length of the list however appeared among the seniors themselves and the congratulations though almost guiltily sedate were warm The first wave of gladness receding left lois with remorseful memories of showily superficial scholarship nevertheless she was far happier than before in having this salve for the pinpricks of self-distrust the fact that margaret had failed to attain a similar distinction seemed to indicate that she was really less typical of the standard college girl than lois had proved herself this second and less valued success heightened lois's anticipatory fancies of the coming founder's day Through all the harassing cares of her official term she had nourished fondly the idea of the glory shared with no one else for the time being of representing the student body before the world on the birthday of the founder then she would be pointed out as the president of the students association the most admired girl in college at last the day arriving found lois after a final worried scrutiny of the image in the mirror walking swiftly down to the college parlors the speaker for the day whom she was to introduce with her carefully prepared speech to the audience waiting upstairs was already there immaculate in dress suit and shining linen at the door of the chapel crowded with students and their guests when lois spied the faces turned toward her from the seats or bending curiously from the gallery she was struck with sudden shyness and advanced with downcast eyes down the long aisle of the lecturer's arm she forgot to wonder if the girls liked her gown it seemed as if they would never reach the platform and then that the steps were endless leading up finally she knew that she was mechanically sinking into a little gilded chair set before a bank of palms and she saw her escort carefully deposit his roll of manuscript on the floor before taking the other seat of honor her speech was to come as soon as the music ceased with a flutter of eyelids she stole a glance at the audience rows and rows of faces stretching into the farthest corner she felt herself growing pale while an unreasoning terror crept over her what if she should break down after these four years and the girls would pity her it was time for her to speak almost involuntarily she rose and moving a few steps forward opening her lips she did not know what she was saying she was conscious only of an uncontrollable trembling as she heard her own voice ring out and echo back from the roof then she remembered that the elocution teacher had cautioned her against permitting that metallic ring to become manifest and she found herself listening for it as if it were the voice of another person after a while she began to notice different faces here and there one far away leaning toward her from the gallery smiled it was margaret and all at once lois was smitten with the realization that she could not remember the first word of the next sentence an instant's pause with hundreds of faces staring up at her and then her tongue continued mechanically through the laboriously practiced speech at last the sweetest rapture of relief which she had ever experienced she was again in the gilded chair and the most glorious moment had passed later in the evening when left alone for a moment after the illustrious if somewhat fatiguing ordeal of playing a part on the grand reception committee lois had sunk down to rest in a nook curtained with bagdads From behind her came snatches of a low-toned conversation. "'She was like a doll,' it was the voice of that classmate whom Lois, in an unguarded moment, had once nicknamed Tennyson's Brook, "'A pretty doll, but then not much life.' "'Yes, she wasn't too bad. She is really a very nice little thing bright, you know, and quantities of character and all that. It is an honor, isn't it, to be president of the Students' Association?' "'Oh, sometimes. It used to be. Last year we elected the brainiest girl in college.' And the year before that she was the most popular and when I entered, the President was simply the best all-round fine girl and this one this one, oh, Lois, well, I don't know. I never understood exactly why we chose her unless well, you see, she had run for office so often, pretty often, and had been defeated several times, and she cared so much about winning more than anyone else and she-well, you understand, don't you? She wanted it so much, and well, I suspect that we elected her from pity. End of chapter two.